All right, Steve. Hey, we're back here for another water polo podcast coming off your uh, broadcast with uh, golivepolo.com. Division one semifinals are in the books and you know, uh, it's great to be back with you. I think one of the things, the business of order, business of order is we might have to get a uh, name for this uh, broadcast, huh, yeah, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying being able to talk about water polo on the podcast. I thought it was a great conversation we had earlier in the week. So Great. How did the uh, broadcast go for you guys uh, with your, your live stream of both those Division I uh, semifinals yesterday? We were uh, certainly glad to have Manosi Varsi as well. Yeah, we thought it went really well. I mean, we don't, there was... Uh, some mistakes. <clears throat> there was definitely some things that we could work on, and we're going to work on. We're going to improve, but it was a great start, and um, it was really important to get those games going uh, on the live stream and just get it out there. The semifinals should be broadcast, and and we want to be a part of that. So you know, some technical issues in the beginning of the first game, some sync issues in the second game. You know, we're very transparent about that. You know, we're not trying to hide or say right. that it was perfect. You know, we, we know that there were some issues, but all in all, um, we definitely think it was a great start to what we want to do. Awesome. And that's something to look forward to with the girls' season. Girls' high school season is quickly approaching. So uh, I think you've already talked about having some of these uh, some high-profile games uh, uh, streamed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we want to look at uh, some of these big tournaments like the Holiday Cup, Santa Barbara, and then obviously looking into semifinals. I mean, Division One girls water polo this year is going to be very, very competitive. Yes. And those semifinal games this year, you know, are going to be one-goal games. So um, it's going to be very, very, very interesting. All right. Well, before we talk a little bit about Saturday's championship card, the, the times are out. You know, we know what the schedule is going to be like at uh, the Willem Ouellette Aquatic Center on, in Irvine. But uh, what were your uh, takeaway impressions uh, from the two Division One semifinals last night? You know, the first game, Mater Day handled, uh, you know, Huntington Beach, the upstart, making their, you know, first uh, semifinal appearance since 1958. And then Harvard-Westlake, the defending champions, took care of business against uh, Corona Del Mar. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Huntington beach Mater Day game, you know, if you look back on some of the articles uh, that, that you wrote, actually, um, a lot of times the, the HB... Uh, comments are their goal was to get to the semifinal. Right. Their goal was to win league. They accomplished their goals. They accomplished their goals for their season. And so obviously they did a phenomenal job. Um, modern day is just the experience in the pool was very clear. I think anybody who was watching the game could see that the experience was on modern day's side. And, um, you know, I thought that Huntington Beach was a little bit out of sorts in the middle quarters, whereas Modern Day kept a very clear attack, a very clear game plan, and a very clear rotation as well off the bench. And I think that made a difference. Um, uh, really kind of broke broke the spirits of Huntington Beach uh, in the third quarter. But HB kept coming. I mean, they definitely did not give up. Fourth quarter was a really good quarter for them. Um, but you know, Modern Day was just a little bit too much for them. But again, Huntington Beach... Great season. Right. They have a lot of young talent. I know they're expecting to be there again next year and potentially the year after that. So uh, a lot of things to look forward to out of there. Were you surprised at all of how uh, effective the modern day counterattack was? And and should Huntington Beach been uh, had better shot selection? Is that a lesson that they're going to learn that they took some shots from um, some angles that uh, you know left them exposed on the counterattack. Yeah, that and just missing some some opportunities as well. You know, I mean the six on five, they did 
pretty good on six on five. Um, they did take some ill-advised shots, but I I said that earlier in, in the other podcast, which was, you know, if Huntington Beach can break the pressure, then modern day is going to be in trouble, and they just weren't able to consistently break the pressure. They did a couple times, and you saw some kickouts and things like that, but really you didn't see a consistent plan of attack to break the press, and with, when modern day, or like Harvard, when they press the entire time, it's really hard uh, if you don't have a game plan behind that. Otherwise, you're going to get countered. So that that was the big issue. Okay. You know, I thought uh, the Nick Lavian that showed up for modern day off the bench, number 18, came came back from uh, off the bench from his uh, thumb injury. I wasn't sure if he was going to play. I kind of was doubtful seeing him with, with the cast on um, just on Saturday. But that was the Nick Lavian that I kind of expected to see much more of all year. And um, and I've in the big modern day games, um, I haven't seen him uh, assert himself like he did with four goals. Um, you know, bringing the energy that he did. You know, he was he was really impressive to me, and I can see why he was the Jo MVP with that kind of performance. Um, you know, he was maybe the, probably the best player in the pool. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty uh, interesting to think that the eighteen under Jo MVP is a guy coming off the bench. <laughs> I mean, I know he was injured for a long time, right. so this was his first game back. So Chris did a, a good job of bringing him off the bench and getting him involved and putting him in situations where it was very clear, listen, you're going in to make an offensive impact immediately. And he did that. He executed that. And it didn't look like he skipped a beat. I mean, he was just really primed and ready to go. And I really do think that that was a little a trick up up modern day sleep, you know, because you're not planning for that. You're looking at video over the last month or so of games, which is probably the only video you could really get your hands on. And the only video you really want to see is what was the game like last time, the last game that they played. And so that was a wrinkle that Sagasman threw out there. And, I mean, they didn't have an answer for it. Right. They really didn't. So, um, you know, Chris is a great coach. He's, you know, he knows what he's doing, obviously. He's been there uh, several times. And I think in that moment, if you don't have a very clear quarter-by-quarter game plan, you can get lost in the shuffle of all the distractions around you. Yeah. Uh, the other, what's your takeaway from the uh, what was your takeaway from the second Division One semifinal? Harvard Westlake thirteen to two over Corona Del Mar. At one point, the Wolverines scored ten consecutive goals. You know, it was thirteen to one in the fourth quarter. What did you think? Harvard is just very impressive. I mean, CDM's a great team. You know, on any other year. Um, they are right there in the final, and that's a one-goal game. But this is just a different Harvard-Westlake, and 